It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I said, what you know about it? It's the Hello, hello, you're listening to the Stew Food Podcast coming at you. I'm Jason Stewart, Andre Conaparo, say hello. <laughs> hello? <laughs> Coming, my, my, new, my hello's coming at you too. My new hello. my new goal for this podcast is whenever I introduce you, you look at me, you say hello with a question as if like you don't know that you're yeah. on the right podcast. I didn't. Even though we're inside of your house, you should feel confused where you are. <laughs> well, you do lots of podcasts, so I don't know which one I'm on right now to be honest. For our listeners it's at home, not he's, the stew. he's frantically uh, tearing through notes on a on a on a notebook as if that's going to help him. Yeah. I got to get through all this paperwork, Jason. Come back to me. <laughs> it's a bad time to do a podcast right now. We have one guest today. Kylon, Kylon, Kylon. <laughs> Hello. <Tony. laughs> Anthony, what's up? What up? What's going on? Do people call you Tony? No. That's my dad's name, so I just go by Anthony. People, yeah. Um, we're going to need you to that talk a little out. bit louder, Anthony. Louder. Give me, give me some of that Tony voice. You know the what Tony I mean? Tony voice. <laughs> give me some of that Tony voice. Oh, my God. The, the, he caught the you in the liquor cabinet or something. Real soon. <laughs> Anthony. How's your Filipino? When you, how's like your Filipino accent? If you're gonna do like a nice stereotypical one, it's pretty good. It's always music to my ears when I hear it. It's pretty fantastic. It sounds very much like my father and my mother combined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm not drunk enough to do that. Damn. Oh, see, I was like, if I don't say anything, maybe we'll just awkwardly go into it because we're not talking. We have an Didn't hour. Work. Maybe by the yeah. end we'll get into it. Um, so you are you are a, a known wine man through Los Angeles and beyond. Mm-hmm. You're the uh, beverage director at Hayden, yep. which is a, a restaurant oyster spot in Culver City yeah. at the platform, Yeah, which I haven't been to a yet. A fancy one. It's pretty awesome, man. It's a happy place. And my, uh, my friend Lucy oh, yeah. is over there. What does she do there exactly? She is part of the uh, Runyon Group. Um, she is one of their head Runyon honchos, group, which is uh-huh. uh, they run. They own the platform. I do Griffith, but Runyon's cool. <laughs> 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 um, a lot of hike humor going on today so far. And you are. What else do you do exactly? Are you are you a full sommelier, uh, or are you I, just like uh, I'm the beverage director of the sommelier thing? Like I'm not a certified. You're not certified sommelier at all. Right. Uh, that is not for me. I don't like to wear suits, and I feel like. Okay. Well, I think this podcast is done then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, you're right at home. I'm just going to suit thing. <laughs> Suits so, don't fit Jason, so he doesn't even have a choice in the matter. <laughs> so, there, so it is possible to have a nice career in the wine world without having your sommelier certification. 100%. Totally. 
Like Brian, is it kind of like a waste to get the certification at this point? Like how people say it's a waste to like go to culinary school or I, it school just, at all? You know, it just, I so saw that school at all coming, like from fucking fifty <laughs> yards away. I mean, it just depends on who you are as a person. Like for me, I was right. never really good at school. Like the only things that I excelled at were food and eating and cooking. Can't relate. So but go culinary on. school made sense for me. Um, but then, like, I loved wine, but I felt like the process of becoming a certified sommelier was tedious and mm-hmm. expensive. Yeah, and, really expensive. Yeah, we've all seen the Netflix documentaries yeah. where you're like, this looks harder than becoming, like, any, like, yeah. w- whatever the hardest job you can think of, cool, sommelier is a little bit more work yeah. than that. And it, it looks like when I see these guys go through that process, I feel like they end up hating wine after doing that. Right. And I'm kind of just like, dude... I fucking love wine. Like, why would I mm-hmm. ever put myself in a in a position of hating what I do? Yeah, smart. Yeah, because as as a DJ myself, I know a lot of people who are professional DJs who kind of seem to like hate music because it's become such a job for them where they're not even able to like sit and listen to an album that they want to hear because they're like dissecting it or like is this something that I would play is this is this going to be deleted is this yeah. is there a point to this exactly. I, I feel like a lot of that would carry over in the wine world absolutely does I mean and I also have a, a background in cooking so it's like I don't mm. really think about like oh this tastes this is supposed to taste like this, this is, I only care if it tastes good and if it's made from really good producers and if it makes sense with the food that we have at the restaurant that's mm-hmm. like the most important thing in the world to me mm-hmm. and your brother is also a known food person, a little bit smaller than you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no your big brother, deal. he Alvin. Alvin from Egg Slut yep. and, and Beyond, yep. who's been on this show before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great guest, and he told me kind of your your whole story growing up. Like, uh, where was that? Like Inland Empire ish, or like Pico Rivera? Es- oh, Pico Rivera. Pico Rivera. Um, like stealing cars and shit, all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> um, for Y'all me, is wild. You were probably not as much of the bad boy, or I were was you? Not. I was you were a good a boy, good nerdy, not nerdy, but dorky little kid. Hell yeah! Who did not get into trouble except for like at school selling bubble gum. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> selling that, bubble gum. Yeah, bubble gum and Pokemon cards, man. So mm-hmm. sell. We get in trouble for Thunderground, you Yu-Gi-Go, Ray Road. Exactly. Yeah. Nailed I get it. it. Shit. <laughs> okay, so you were always good boy. He was always bad boy. And now uh, now you guys are <laughs> now you guys are both medium boys? We're both medium, very, mm-hmm. very medium. We're, Did he ever funnel any of his stolen car profits into the Pokemon trade? Just trying to clean that money. You know, up? there when I was a kid, he would he would just hand me packs of Pokemon cards. <laughs> where did this come that from? I, also like. I don't know where this came from. But thank you. And it's had a stick. Fell off a GameStop truck. <laughs> it just had a sticker on the back that said, need a Civic? Question mark. And it's had a phone number on it. <laughs> Got it. I steal a lot of cars. I steal a lot of cars. Yeah, I mean, maybe, hopefully that doesn't come back to bite him in the ass one day, you know what I mean? Yeah. Statue of limitations, baby. Mm, mm. All good, all good. It's all good in the hood. Mm. So, um, you, the wine directing that you're doing now at Hayden, it's like a very oystery, raw bar kind of place. Yeah. Is that the wheelhouse that you like to work in, wine-wise, or is this um, it is, is this a hell for you? I mean, this is honestly the most ideal place I've ever worked, ever. It's, mm-hmm. it's combination retail and wine bar, and uh, my favorite pairings in the world are pairing wines with oysters and seafood. And oh, really? So 
most wine lists in this town tend to be lean heavy on the red wines. Mm-hmm. Um, my list is mostly white wine and rosé and sparkling wine because it makes sense of the food. It's refreshing and it's mm-hmm. lighter fare. It's very, I hate the phrase California cuisine, but it is exactly California right. <laughs> cuisine. Yeah, it's a, it's a less annoying term in the grand scheme yeah. of annoying food terms. Though? I don't hate it. It's just kind of just everyone right. kind of puts their, their menu under that mm-hmm. flag. Right. Yeah, so it's hard to really separate everybody mm-hmm. from. So, I mean, it's because there's so many like weird, subtle flavors in every single oyster and every one. Yep. I mean, it's not unlike a bottle of wine, mm-hmm. each one is alive and has their own unique characteristics from one bottle to another or from one shell to another. Yep. So, that's kind of like where the big dogs are playing in the pairing game, exactly. where you can reach some like true levels of sublimity. Is that the word? Yeah. Do you, do you find that between yeah. oysters, you'll have. Something completely different from oyster to oyster, or will they all be in a wheelhouse and then be slight variations? There, like, will you ever pair something like really heavy mineral and then not with two different oysters, or is it or for, never? Uh, or for me, all oysters pair well with one specific wine, and that is Muscadet mm-hmm. from the Loire Valley. It's like some of the most budget-friendly wines on the face of the earth, and oh, wow. they are just I have to drink that in jail. <laughs> They're just the most refreshing wines on the face of the earth. Is that mm-hmm. in the world of Moscato? No, different. So okay. Muscadet is a region in the Loire Valley, okay. and the grape is Melon de Bourgogne, and okay. uh, Moscato is an Italian varietal from uh, Piemonte. I already knew that. I just wanted to clear that up for yeah, listeners that was a who, test who might, from be Jason. In, might be in the dark about those Tight. regions. So that's so. So that used that had the word melon in it. Sorry, mm-hmm. the melon of Burgundy is what it translates to. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, I like that. The Burgundy Melon, good name for like an 80s restaurant. Sweet, sweet fruit. Yeah, it really is, actually. <laughs> Try and get a fucking table. You can't. Or, or like a, a foreign film. Mm. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah. I dig it. There's a suicide scene, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's recently divorced and just needs to get somewhere to figure out, again, what life is all about. This is a movie podcast now. I yeah, pitching it. you a script. you like movies, too. That's you fantastic. can greenlight movies, right? You totally. work in Culver 100%. City. <laughs> I work at Sony. <laughs> uh, that that is a great answer, and that's now a wine that I need to start buying. Apparently, yeah, it's insane. If you had a, like Lou's right here, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I'm sure he has some awesome. There ain't nothing today. budget friendly, Lou. Lou, I love you. There ain't <laughs> nothing budget friendly, Lou. God damn it, mm, he's got a couple. He's got a couple budget friendly wines. I haven't been in in a while, but mm, it seems like the main thing that everyone is talking about wine wise is like natural wines. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that world? Is it annoying to you? Are you no, excited about it? Not Is at it like all. a weird fad? Is I, it the poke of wine? I have a million questions. <laughs> I don't think it's a fad at all. I mean, this is this is people want to know what they're putting into their body, and natural wines give people that window of like. That's why I go for American there's spirits. Perfect, organic. It's exactly mm-hmm. it. It's like people care about how they're farming the grapes. People care about how how much sulfur is getting put into the wine. Um, and people care how it's being fermented. And it's very important to me specifically like, to know how all that stuff is on, on my wine list. Now, I can't say that everything on my wine list is natural wine, mm-hmm. but Ugh. most of it is. Um, and mm-hmm. the one thing that they all fall under on my list is native yeast fermentation, um, which is pretty much just the ambient yeast in the air that goes straight into the the juice and then makes the wine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not being pumped in with a... Commercial synthesized yeast. yeast. Exactly. 
Because mm. I mean, if you think about like the best breads that exist, it is yeast that comes in from the air. And so mm-hmm. if we're trying to, if the food that we're trying to source is the best quality produce that we're trying to source, then we should do the same thing with our beverage program. What are some slept on? So articulate. Re- I'm yeah. just I'm mesmerized. <laughs> what are some, uh, some, some slept on regions of the world that have great native yeast in the air? Schlept on? Schlept on. Schlept on. Um, Not schlept. It's the internet, slept. dude. Slept. Everybody knows about everything. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, obviously, like, Italy and France are known wine zones. Spain is killing it right now. Spain's got some good Spain yeast, Spain has it? so much good yeast, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Really? Yeah. So does it, does it feel like Spain's the next... I mean, here's the thing. Spain has always been making wine. They're in yeah. Europe. They're a neighbor of like France and, uh, and Italy. And yeah, Andre, the, the Canaparo family dives deep into the uh, Spanish run, Rioja world. Perfect. Runs deep. Mm-hmm. And it's... I know Jill's listening. I think it's kind of funny to me... <laughs> what up, baby? That... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny to me that the, these wines are considered to be the new world. I'm like, no, dude. Yeah. Spain has been making wine for a very long time. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, some of the most budget-friendly ones that exist, except for like the super expensive Riojas. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, most of the wines that are coming from that region are, even the natural wines that are coming from that region are very much affordable. Mm-hmm. 20, 20 bucks a bottle, 15 bucks a bottle, 30 bucks a bottle. And if you're living there, it's, it's the cost of water because it's so intrinsically yeah. ingrained in the culture. Five it's, euro, 10 euro. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Mm. How often are you hungover per, <laughs> per week? How many um, days a week are you I, Not as much as Jason. Two two days a week because I How I work you? so much at night, and the last thing that I want to do is go out drinking. Right. So on my weekends, which is today and yesterday, I do definitely go out drinking yeah. heavily. <laughs> okay, so since you're in the industry, yeah. the common days are like Monday, Tuesday, yep. when everyone who works in the restaurant, bar world... Has a little time to breathe. Has a little time to breathe. Mm-hmm. So... Which is always so funny to me. Like, my brother's been in that world forever, and he's always like, what up, what are you doing? I'm like, it's fucking Monday, dude. I, I, I just wanted to watch Curb and maybe go to bed and catch an early night. Yeah. And he's like, let's go, we're going to go to bed. Yes. But he doesn't actually do that. <laughs> but I've, I've always felt bad, and it's sort of the same parallel in, my, in the DJ world as well, because it's you know that industry night of like nightlife and service yeah. and bars and restaurants. Which I think is actually kind of better. Like we have a significant advantage over everybody else, because when we go out to eat, there is nobody there. Mm-hmm. And is, you know everybody. And you know everybody, and which it's is just great. way more relaxed, and there's no like, all right, we got to get out of here, they need the table, like we got to go. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. House that table all day long. And you, do, you do run the risk of not being able to eat on a Monday where you want to though. That it's, is true. Like that or a Tuesday depending on when. Yeah, my brother was saying day. that it's it's he's he's starting to notice the the uh the trend of restaurants being closed on Tuesdays instead of Mondays. Mm-hmm. Are you noticing that as well? I I mean Cosabona is the big one that I definitely noticed that. Yeah, we were talking like, about that. He'll he'll be open Al- Elemental will be open on Tuesday but not Cosabona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I guess I mean you need you need some time to let a little steam off, you yeah. know. Which is actually kind of awesome, though. I mean, I went in there on a Monday, and seventy percent of that restaurant worked. Like people who were in there were in the restaurant industry. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I had the Craig from Wolf's Mouth sitting to me at my right, and I had mm-hmm. 
Uh, do you guys know Maxfield Schnee from uh, Orson Winston, or formerly Orson Winston? Did you just I say know. a name? Yeah. So he's a <laughs> Maxfield. That's a great name. He's Maxfield a, Schnee? He's a cool dude, man. No, that whoever has that name is the has coolest. to be very cool. Yeah. yeah. He's about to work with uh, the, I forget which Beastie Boy it is, but he's the one who's going to do the I wine I feel like with. I don't know any brand of clothing that that guy wears. Maxfield Schnee. Yeah, like he'll. I don't Ooh, even know who good. makes his T-shirts. But I've never heard of mm. them. I, I don't want to hype him up too much because I don't want us to be let down by Maxfield Schnee. But we'll, we'll right we'll now. Have he's playing on a name. He's about to open up uh, April Bloomfield's restaurant. Oh wow! Yeah, Jesus. Right. Oh really? Talented fucking dude. Down at the row, downtown. I don't know where that restaurant's going to be. I have no idea. Mm. All I know is it's going to be delicious. Food rumors. It will. Yeah. Let's hope it's going to be. But delicious. yeah, Cosa Bueno is also such a. Industry friendly, like that's yeah. where, like, okay, have a night off. Let's go drink wine and eat really good fried food and pizza. It's true. Mm-hmm. All I wanted was mozzarella sticks, and I went in there, and, and I'm it, sure they delivered. And it did not disappoint. God, so good. <laughs> how good is it? You know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously, Jason, how good is it? All right, Kylon, we're gonna hit some Twitter questions, baby. Sweet. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's gonna be somewhere between a regular round and a lightning round, just okay. to let you know. Great. Sounds right. Okay. First question, Carlos. Carlos is dumb. We're playing FMK. Do you know what that's? Fuck, Mary, kill. Okay. Sorry, mom. Do you Fantastic. know this game, guys? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Tuna salad, chicken salad, egg salad. Fuck, Mary, kill. Mary. Kill. Oh, okay. Go. Kill tuna. Same. Marry the egg. Ooh. I love the egg salad. Yeah. You're an you're an egg salad head. I love the egg salad. Walk me through your egg salad preparation. Well. First, you hard boil some eggs. That's, that, let's not, not, <laughs> a little bit more of a cliff note. Uh, do you do anything to it that is outside of the bun? Is what I'm asking. No, I just, just like mayo, mustard, salt, pep, egg, and celery salt. It's very important. Celery mm-hmm. salt. Yeah. Okay, it's very important. No actual celery. No green onion. Mm-mm. Just. Just straight it. up, and do you just yeah. eat it on bread Toast, or toasted you- toasted buns? Man, Hawaiian rolls. Toasted Hawaiian classic Filipino preparation. True yeah. story. Maybe a little pandasal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's I have com- that in my freezer right now. That's a combination. Hell yeah. That's a Filipino combination for sure. Mm-hmm. King's mm. Hawaiian. I grew up on that shit, man. Yeah. My, parent, my parents live in Hawaii, and it's also like one of those things where it's like you forget that there's other kinds of bread sometimes. When you're in the grocery <laughs> store over there, you're just like, wait, there's, <laughs> what, there's another kind of bread? Do you think Hawaii has some great native yeast in the air? You're asking the wrong guy, but why not? Probably. I mean, I will say that one of the most amazing things, at least getting off at the airport in Kauai, like, which is a small airport, it's not around a lot of industry. So you get off, and as soon as the airplane door opens and you walk off, you get a smell of like earth and alive Mm -hmm. that you're just like, oh shit. If some air can smell like this, like I should move out of LA yesterday. <laughs> because, Nature smell. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I would has say a little bit absolutely. of a Jurassic Park feel to it. I mean, there's, there has to be. Yeah, there has to be things constantly blooming. I don't know. I don't know. And volcanic soil. Sure, why not? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna f tuna. Just to play the wild card, I eat I a like lot it. of tuna salad. Nice. What what is what's wrong with that? I just hate tuna salad. Um, unless, I, unless it's like, not to, this is not to like be highbrow, but I just don't, I, I can't, bad canned tuna fish is like one of the, like my triggers food wise. Uh, okay. So if it's like, are we about to have fried rice wars part two? No, no, no. <laughs> but if it's like olive oil poached 
fish where it's really mild, mm-hmm. and then, then that's fine. I dig it. But I've, I think I've been, I was, my one scarred food memory from childhood involves canned tuna fish at like a daycare. Oh. And that's, the, I think that's where it all comes from. Show or is forced to eat it. No, I'll show you exactly show me on where the can she where touched, touched you. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to I'm going to kill chicken salad, and I'm going to no, I'm going to I'm going to marry chicken salad, and I'm going to kill egg salad. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to kill fish salad. <laughs> and I'm going to marry one of the other ones, and then probably sleep with a couple of the other salads. I'm going to kill fish salad. That was the saddest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Sure, don't like fish salad, like chicken salad more than egg salad. Carlos says, for real, with a follow-up question that's actually a real one. That was just a little teaser just to get you going, Andre. (laughs) How can I incorporate sumac and pomegranate molasses more into my food? I use them only for the same stuff. And I, I kind of agree with that. I like putting sumac on all of my salads. It gives you a nice bright lemony flavor without the bitterness Mm -hmm. and it also makes everything look a little bit cooler with a dusting of sumac on top Mm -hmm. so like literally like everything we just listed tuna salad egg salad chicken salad you can sumac that shit up big time i think so too the pomegranate molasses is one thing that i find myself wanting to figure out how to incorporate more into my cooking but i don't i've never even really used it I would say, I mean, people would use it for like salad dressings to make mm-hmm. it sweeter and more interesting. What do you think, bud? You probably just drizzle some of that on some like rich, fatty cheese. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Really good. It's really good. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. I like that. Drizzle on a rich, fatty cheese. That's a good answer. Suck on that, Carlos. <laughs> I mean, I think you replace anything that you're going to use sugar and fruit notes are okay. So yeah. if you're doing braises, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. instead of like, if you're not going to use like a cherry or something like that, you can add that and still get those fruit notes and still get that sweetness. Yeah. People use it for cocktails as well, maybe? Sure. Probably. Like Absolutely. in a maraschino atmosphere? Ooh. That sounds delicious, actually. Maraschino. Okay. Um, electronic music producer Daedalus asks, what is the definitive best way to poach an egg? Do you know this one, Kailan? Uh, well, I don't want to answer that wrong. My brother will give me so much shit for yeah, it. Yeah, I know. You're stepping in the briar patch. <laughs> Why? It's a minefield. Um, well. How would you, do you know how your brother would do it? No, actually, I don't know how you would poach an egg. I know how he cooks like scrambled eggs and mm-hmm. fries an egg, but I don't think poaching is. He, I think Get he an immersion circulator. Yeah, he does. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that would be, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah the definitive best way to poach an egg is, I guess. 62 degrees Celsius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, you're getting into that. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. You're fine. But if, yeah. you, if you are dropping into hot water, doesn't a little tablespoon of vinegar help the whites come together a little bit and you get yeah. less of the jellyfish notes? People say that, yeah. People yeah. say that. As, as a together. small pro tip from an answer that's not definitive. You gotta swirl the water when you're But I mean, yeah, yeah, if you wanna start somewhere, without a doubt, using a sous vide wand to get, to dial in your water temperature yeah. or use a candy thermometer. I mean, that's where yeah. you start. Mm-hmm. You can find some cheap sous vide things. And then now. a slotted spoon yeah. and a little bit of vinegar. I mean, I mean, that's probably where I would start. Yeah, but I would just sous- I, I don't know the perfect definitive mm. way to do it. I think the real best way is to like just get the best egg you can get and yep. boil and poach it at the freshest point you can do it. I guess. I mean, I think there's just so you many get the poaching pads too, like the little lily pad, the little cheater lily pads too. Oh yeah, which work really well yeah, if you're, into if you're bumper sp- bowling. <laughs> I mean, sure, that's a great answer. 
Adam uh, Adam S says, "How am I going to fill the lucky peach shaped hole in my life?" Interesting. It's called the internet. Adam, Jesus Christ. Milk Street. No, it's definitely not a replacement. <laughs> but that's that's Kimball's new like magazine and website after America's Test Kitchen. Mm-hmm. He started this thing called Milk Street. That's yeah, because he had like. A I bad... mean, that's not going to be cool, but it's going to be. It will be very informative. I would and say, Adam, you should go to Now Serving LA Hell in Chinatown yeah. of Los Angeles, and every single food magazine worth its salt yeah, is on that shelf there, and you could find a lot of places to fill that lucky peach shaped hole. It's true, including seventy that I've never heard of that. I would There's buy. so many. Yeah, and if you want to find a vintage spoon for your collection, they yeah, have all that stuff too. <laughs> I, I, the funny part is, whenever I mention their store on this podcast, which has been like twice, they're, they they like listen to it, so I know like they're listening to it right now. Maybe in the store. What's up, losers? <laughs> Hi, DJ Nyoki. How are you? <laughs> um, next question, Jiggy. Great. What is nut cheese? <laughs> What's the best nut cheese? <laughs> Is this that vegan cheese shit? It's a good question. I mean, I've been, exper- I mean, like, nut cheese is, like, people have been making, like, cashew cheese mm-hmm. as a nut cheese for a long time, and I was experimenting with it for a while, and it's, it almost feels fattier than just eating cheese. Like, I've, I've been eating a lot of cashews <clears throat> because I recently came into a large collection of cashews for a reason I won't mention, <laughs> but I have, like, Four pounds of cat, just like in a big old bag of cashews. So I'm just like, I guess I'll make stuff with it. And I'm like so sick of cashews right now. And I'm starting to feel like I'd be, it'd be better for me to just eat like cubes of pork fat at this point. Cause it's just so. <laughs> mm. But the best nut cheese, what was the one that we, that we were sampling on the cheese episode? Yeah. So the, I it's just, like meat can. I've been. Mekon, I think it is. Yeah, look it up because I don't have anything internet in front of me. But um, that, I was going to say, there's a definitive answer. And they Mi- do. Miyoko's. Miyoko. M I Y O K O. Miyoko's. And they make, they make vegan butter. They have this vegan cultured butter that's delicious. Interesting. Like, it's amazing how good it is. But they have like a smoked mozzarella and a smoked gouda. The smoked gouda was my favorite. Our friend Samantha, who's a, a cheesemonger in San Francisco at Rainbow Co-op. Yeah, look at this shit. She, last time she came to visit, cheese. she brought that as one of her favorite crazy, things. Huh? And it's, it's by far the best vegan cheese I've ever had. I mean, it's kind of, she says that she'll put that on a cheese plate for people that aren't necessarily even vegan, just to put it out there. And it's, a lot of times people gravitate towards... You know, whether it's their favorite or it's the most different that they've had in a while, they won't realize it's vegan. They'll just be like, oh, this is really good, but what is this? So this is different. I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on here. So she, it's, it's definitely not just a cheese for dairy intolerant or vegan yeah. people. So I it's mean, like it, still it, texturally it, cheese-like. Yeah, I have some in the fridge. We'll, mm-hmm. you can try, we'll try it a little bit afterwards. But, uh, but, but I, I, it makes me wonder, like, is, really it, smoky is, it, health, I mean, is it healthier? Like, is it that much better for you than actual cheese because it's just like cashews and coconut oil and salt you know no but better for you i mean it's a fucking low bar to be better for you than cheese Cheese. i mean other than like it being wonderful and of course you should eat it i mean Mm -hmm. i'm i can't imagine it's worse but yeah it's just going to be a nut cheese so it's going to be high in fat yeah not Mm -hmm. necessarily unhealthy but yeah 
Um, sure, I'm, I'm thinking it's in the same ballpark. I would say the so. culture butter is crazy too. So that's it's um, crazy. It's yeah, interesting. It's really good. All right, next question from at identified. How do you feel about the Impossible Burger? I've tried the Impossible Burger at like a little sampler tasting event where they give you a little slider of it. Mm-hmm. It was okay. Yeah, I had it in uh, New York. Uh, I forget which restaurant had it, but I, I don't know. It unfortunately it was really was built up way too much hype way to the too point much where hype. it was like, "This is going to change your freaking life, bro." Yep. And I ate it, and I was like, <coughs> "I mean, it's pretty good." Conceptually, I think it's great. Its whole like mission statement and mm-hmm. what it is—that's great. I agree it's, with that. Food wise, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. I don't know if it was served to me, I'd be happy to eat it. Well, I drive 15 miles yeah. to a restaurant, you mm-hmm. know, advertising that they carry it and cook with it? No. I think it's going to be, a, in the next few years, I think it's going to be a big thing. I think it's going to be I a, mean, a lot of places look, everywhere. If I'm going to barbecue and somebody wants fake meat, like if I'm literally, I mean, there, I, to me there's better barbecue options for people that are vegetarian than fake meat. Mm-hmm. But if somebody specifically Macaroni is like, oh, cheese. I really love like this, I really want a <laughs> fake burger, I want, like, can we do that? Mm-hmm. That would be the first thing I would reach for. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be the first go-to yeah. meat replacement that I that I've cooked and tried. So, I mean, there's that. I agree with that. High praise coming from the Stew Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what we think about it. But th- they just opened like a giant processing plant in Oakland, I think. Oh, cool! And a lot of people are putting a lot of money into it. I D- think it- David Chang is like one of the big investors in that. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, is he? Yeah. It's smart. I think it's a, I think it's a wise investment. I think as we're getting dumber and more people are <laughs> wanting to eat less meat, it's, it's a good cross section. Dumber, okay. Like like at people's, I think like if you eat an Impossible Burger and you eat like a Burger King burger, the amount of people who are going to be able to tell the difference, I feel like is yeah. lowering oh, as time goes yeah. on. Right. I feel like like their their standards for their meat patty. If you even if you just lie to them, they're gonna be like. That's a, that's an interesting and I think completely valid argument, but also dark. Not dark, but just like so arrogant and like just like those fatties eating Burger King can know the difference. So give them something sustainable. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know. Well, maybe if you want to if you want to run it through your cold dark filter of a brain, then that's one way to do it. I would say no, but also <laughs> it's like look if you're just gonna put trash in your body, make. Eco positive trash go in your body, I guess. Yeah, what it didn't, I can didn't get behind that. Didn't Richard Branson say like he predicts that all in like thirty years we won't need to be eating animal protein anymore? Did you guys see that? I, was like, I did not see that. Come on, Branson. Read the freaking news for once, Kylon. I know, it's not on my Twitter. He's talking feed. about human protein. I am chemtrail. What should be the internal <laughs> temperature? <laughs> <laughs> what should the internal temperature be for chicken when fully cooked? Andre, I'm going to ask you this one. 165? 165, chemtrail, you freaking idiot. Ever heard of Google? Just kidding. Thanks for the question. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the argument, too, is that they serve chicken tartare and chicken medium rare all over Europe. It's and not Japan. an uncommon thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're talking about FDA food regulations in the United States for cooking in a restaurant, yeah. it's 165 or yeah. 165? 165. Yeah. But I mean, I I personally just like to do it like at one fifty, and then let it carry over when it's done cooking. And then yeah, come, yeah, absolutely. Come to temperature. Yeah. Also, there's a great argument on food. I think it was Food Lab, or I don't know. We've talked about it before, but the argument for eating 
medium rare to less than medium pork if you know where you're sourcing your yeah. pork from and yeah. it's texture and taste and quality and everything oh, yeah. above. So there's that. But mm-hmm. also, I have done this where people, I mean, <laughs> you want to be concerned about who you're serving that too because some people will freak out and can't conceptually get over they're like nah I can't eat this I'm sorry my brain yeah. won't let me do it that yeah. happens to me sometimes I would do that when I would make a pork tenderloin and it would come out looking pretty pink in the middle Yeah. all you gotta do is sauce it up and you, you hide it <laughs> yeah you hide that pink baby <laughs> I think my yeah I mean I think my dad still you just slather a little even though I try to convince my, him my dad's like yeah my parents I'm not doing are that shit. from the Philippines and they're like uh uh-uh. uh yeah, it's got, yeah. That's, that shit needs to get cooked. You take that chef totally. ass out the kitchen. And also, I always <laughs> like to ask this to all of my Filipino guests, mm-hmm. and it reminded me of that. Can I borrow twenty dollars? <laughs> <laughs> um, what is up with leaving? So you guys will take the chicken, you'll cook it, well done, maybe too well done, arguably, and then when you're done cooking it. If you're in a white people house, you put that chicken in the fridge, mm-hmm. and then you go to bed. Filipino house, chicken stays on the kitchen counter overnight, and then you kind of pick at it. I, uh, Does that exist in your home? My family, no. The rice will stay out, mm-hmm. but the, the meats and things will be put in Tupperware and put in the fridge. Interesting. No, uh, my it, family did not do that. Maybe like fried food would stay out, like things that are like crispy and hard on the outside. That I Those lumpias like stay out. Yeah, lumpia. Totally. Mm-hmm. I've seen, but I've I've been in, I've been around some households where where the chicken the chicken stays out. It's interesting. It is interesting. Is it maybe you guys cook it so far that it's fine? Is it true, true on cold days? Yeah, of course. That your mom would just put lumpia in your jacket pocket when you were leaving the house to keep your hands warm. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be awesome! No, my mom never did that. That happened. My dad, my my dad's grandma used to put she'd like warm up chestnuts in the oven. In the winter, oh and then like on the way to school, would throw it in their pockets, and then they'd kind of eat them and keep their hands warm while they're waiting for the bus. Where was this? That's Oakland. amazing. Ah, that's cool. Diamond District, old Italian neighborhood in Oakland. I like it. Sounds like fucking heaven to me. What was that? It wasn't that an SNL skit where they makes makes him hold his hands out, and then the lady puts the hot meatballs in there. No, dude, wedding singer. <laughs> wedding singer. That's right. <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's how she was paying for her music. Grandma I like was paying that for I was music wrong, lessons. and you totally knew exactly what it was from. I mean, you got to hold that ball. It wasn't a music question. At Del Harris, let's go eat pig brains and contestants in Roland Heights. The answer is no. Um, at Baby Pumpkin Spice, best veggie. <laughs> good question. That is, a good, that is a good question because <laughs> I feel like we probably all have one to a degree. I, love, I really love count? broccoli. Yeah, for sure. Mushrooms. I would. Are you a mushroom head? I fucking love mushrooms, man. What's the number one mush for you? Um, in terms of every day, the oyster mushroom. Mm, really? Good one. If you grill an oyster mushroom, like sometimes they'll taste so meaty. Really big ones? Yeah. yeah I, I, it's so funny. I, when you said that, I was just like thinking about when you just prepare a big oyster mushroom like a steak. Yeah. It's like butter, thyme, and a little bit of garlic. And you're just like, this is crazy. This is so oyster good. mushroom kind of always weirds me out a little bit. Like sometimes it has a little bit of a fishy sliminess to it, which I guess is why they're called the oyster mushroom. But like sometimes it has a little bit of an off-putting odor to me as well. The nice ones too are the ones that are almost like whole stocks, as opposed to when you're getting like Mm -hmm. just like the individual oyster mushrooms. When you get one that you can practically slice in half, and all the little guys are hanging off, so you have like a center that you can really kind of the stuff from the Asian market, like huge oyster mushrooms, like you just cut in half. Big fat ass one, hand in the woods too. Yes. I would say that's my fave mushroom. A nice hen in the woods mush, sauteed up real heavy. 
little little lemon juice, a little soy sauce, maybe a little bit of garlic. Oh, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about the shiitake? Overrated. Yeah, shiitake's like, fine. But good. I like it. Like, it's a good daily it's driver. Like super intense in flavor, I think. Mm-hmm. It's just like you taste it all day long. And like. it also just makes me think of the 80s. Shiitake is the axe body spray of mushrooms. I'll say it. Yeah, it lingers a little too long, doesn't it? I think so. Mm-hmm. Some people like it. It attracts a bit of a lower crowd. You know what I mean? We no. don't want to say that. Best veggie, Andre. Is it going to be baby bok choy, purple carrot, cauliflower? It's not jicama. I'll tell you that. Ugh. I mean, there's so many. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm going to say <laughs> Japanese sweet potato for me. I was going to say shishito peppers. I was going to say because I feel like I could eat them every day. I've, I just love broccoli so much. I usually have just a bowl. regular yeah. standard issue broccoli. I mean, I, I like it in all its forms, blended, soups, braised, mm-hmm. roasted, broiled, grilled, steamed. But there's always usually a bowl of like some steamed broccoli and green beans just sitting in the fridge covered. So you know, Andre is a good boy. His favorite is broccoli. But I also, I mean, I think it also goes to like food memory in that there was always a cold vegetable salad at my grandparents' house, whether like on the table, so Italian style, but so it'd be like always like so a cold green bean dish with just like red wine vinegar and olive oil and salt, um, whatever herbs are out of the garden or like cold broccoli or there's like something where it's like, there'd be so many dishes on the table, pastas, meats, proteins, but there'd always be just a really simple, cold, clean vegetable dish. And I, I still do that to this day. That's cool. And part of it, I think, is, yeah, it was a lot of time, just like some nice, and also that dish has to be kind of perfectly cooked in a way that like, it doesn't sound hard to do, but mm-hmm. to not overcook green beans and broccoli, you know, this actually, you have to, you have to pay attention. This is why I hated vegetables as a kid. She was oh, always, always just soft. Yeah. Just like yeah. mush. <laughs> that, will, that will destroy a, a child's desire for vegetables. Yep. Um... At mouth breather, is Andre using his sous vide? If so, is there anything y'all recommend for using it more regularly? Mm. I've been doing chicken breasts a lot with it. Mm. And his follow-up question, give me the exact recipe for Andre's Hainan chicken rice with cucumber emoji. That's from Miss Pancakes. And we are not going to give you that recipe, you idiot. Come on. Mm -mm. (laughs) Can you give away one secret trick? You can have it. I will. I will. I mean, okay. I guess I'm not going to give it out. I was I've been just about you. to until Jason was like, "No, uh, star. Lots of star anise in the broth. Mm. Just a lot. If there's one thing that can't be missing for me out of that dish, like if there, if you're in the cupboard and you're about to make it, and you're like, ah, it's fine. I'll just do it without that one thing. You can't do that dish to me without star anise. You boil that bird with the star anise, lemongrass, kefir, lime, green onion, mm-hmm. and onion and garlic, onion garlic." Hard boil or a soft boil? Uh, you wait. Am we going to do the recipe? You can give me a cliff. Well, you start with cold water. You drop the bird and you drop everything. You're poaching it in, and then you bring it up to a roaring boil. Um, roaring. Time that out. Let it boil like that for 20 minutes, and then put the lid on. Kill the heat and let it sit for at least an hour without lifting the lid. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. I like that method. But find me; I'll, I'll walk you through it. It's That's also my recipe is not 
I mean, it's not completely off the reservation, but it's not traditional. Like it, it's not plated, and like there's no kefir lime in Hainan chicken. There's no, I mean, there's a lot of lemon. There's no lemongrass. There's so mm-hmm. there's some some things at play in there, but nothing that nothing yeah. that is like fusiony in any mm-hmm. way. It's smaller notes that I like in it. And I've I've gone on record to confirm best Hainan chicken rice I've ever had in my life. My guy, dead ass. I've been. Singapore. My guy. Come find me. I'll I'll walk anybody through it. Gabriel asks, how do you properly tell somebody they have food in their teeth? I think there's no... um, Tell them. Yeah, you just tell them. There's. I think the the gone are the days where it's it's weird to say, hey, you have something in your teeth or your hair or you have a little smudge on your nose. You just got to just tell them. I just reach over and and pick it out of their mouth. I lick it right off. I like that. I just stick my finger right in their their mouth. Um, Gabriel, and also Gabriel's Twitter avatar appears to be a bottle of Worcestershire sauce, so you know that he's he's killing it. That I mean, if there's if he or there's she. ten things that you can't not have in a kitchen, that's like one. I mean, depending on what you're cooking, Worcestershire is like one of the most versatile umami filled yeah. in anything. Soups, dressings, braises, dish sauce. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Good job. That on was that. the one thing that when I went vegan and I saw that it had anchovies in it, I was like. everything else was like no we can't bro okay next question from him what's the best way to handle when your significant other can't decide on what to eat Ooh, i'm triggered oh for dinner or or like okay like you and your girlfriend or your boyfriend no i'm backing up you mean like not sitting at a restaurant you mean like what are we going to eat for lunch Right, like, where are we going? I don't feel like that. I don't feel like that. Let's do that. I don't want pizza. I want a Brandino. This want... is probably like the hardest town for that. Like, yeah. if you have that issue. Really is. I think yeah. I think in that situation, you really need to have a good yin and yang and balance. And one person has to take the lead. And the other person is like, you have to find somebody who is uh, a master and a servant in the world of mm-hmm. finding where to eat. Master and servant. Yeah, that's right. I wow. mean, I don't mean that in like a sex dominatrix way or like a punishment way, but you can say that in, in terms of like a master cylinder and a servant cylinder in terms of like a, 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 a combustion engine. I'm also not sure that you didn't mean it that way, too. <laughs> we'll never know. Um, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a, a clear answer. You to can't that have question. two yangs. You need a yin in there as well, is what I'm saying. Because I've had I've how many hours of your life have you wasted? Trying to decide where you and Bay are going to eat. I, I know I have count, I have uh, the entire month of March in my entire life. I would say 30, 30 days worth of time has been wasted when Daddy want pizza but Mama wants sushi. <laughs> no, 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 that's fair. I don't think there's an answer to that question. I think you. I like that I said that awful sentence and you said that's fair. I think you just go to San Gabriel Valley. Yes, I say. I say you do like a. There's a lot of food court things going on. You hit the Grand Central, yeah, something like that. Yeah, or you hit the Far East Plaza, something like that. Although that could be that could be the match to the fuse. Mm. When oh it's yeah, like when you're in Grand Central and she's like, "Well, just wait in line with me," and you're like, "No, I'm gonna, I want to." Oh yeah, that's like, true. But not. But actually, I, I, Glendale Galleria Food Court is how you do it. Hell yeah, <laughs> Din Tai Fung all day. Oh, Love yeah. that place. Everybody want Din Tai Fung. Yeah, that's true. the answer. Din Always Din Tai Fung. Even when I'm not in the mood for Din Tai Fung, which happens all the time, we're like, "Hey, we're gonna go to Din Tai Fung and we have to eat dinner at five fifteen. And I'm like, Ugh. and then when I that's sit only down, only because of weight. 
And no. I sit down and I eat that and I'm like, I'm so glad I'm here. Yep. I love this restaurant. I'm it's never, so good. I'm never not in the mood for that place. Finish Breakfast, okay. lunch, Gabriel, favorite long. miniature food cook on YouTube? Zero. I'm not into any miniature shit. What, um, what is that question? I don't know what that like means. Like people, there's like a big phenomenon on YouTube of doing like miniatures of things. Like they'll make like, Oh. Like a tutorial about how they make like a mini this burger. sounds like a miniature food chef on YouTube asking us this question. Yeah, Gabriel. Just trying to raise a little awareness to this thing that I've never heard well, of. Well, first of all, so. it's not you. I mean, shout out to the miniature community. I'm sure we have some people listening to it, but... All our min heads out there. Yeah, yeah. But the, I'm stu- <laughs> the stew supports. Yeah, I'm a big boy and I need a full big hot dog. I don't want a little one. Um, why do salt and sugar look the same but taste different? Gabriel is starting to go a little <laughs> off the tracks here. Whoa. <laughs> Why does cocaine and salt smell different? I thought I smoked a lot of weed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gabriel, that is a question that we've all been trying to answer since the dawn of time. And, and if I did have the answer, I'd be a millionaire. Why is a tomato not a vegetable, but also never in a fruit salad? Fuck, Gabriel. Now you're really starting to make a lot of sense. Wait. Well. I think tomatoes and fruits are starting to dance in the salad world a lot more. This summer, I've seen more peach and heirloom tomato salads in my entire life, I would say. Peach and burrata salads. Peach and burrata. Blueberries and salads, pomegranates Yeah, grill that fruit if you're going to do something like that, though. Yeah. Get those sugars to come out. I don't want a damn blueberry in my salad ever. No, same. <laughs> I'll do a grill, like a half-grilled peach. I, think I need a real solid separation of, of church and state there. <laughs> Okay, Ben, milk main, milk spelled with a C, is condensed milk better than regular milk when making macaroni and cheese? Why do pe- people keep telling me to put in a can of cream onion soup into the mac? What? Why do that? I, I, I totally understand where that weird homebrew disgusting recipe comes from because it, it is an interesting... I mean, it goes in my queso, so I could see what they're saying, but it'll make you feel horrible. And at the end of the day, it's kind of like one of those foods where it tastes good, but then you realize it doesn't taste good, and then you feel horrible. Mm-hmm. Yep. But initially, you're like, "Oh, this is good mac. Oh, it's so creamy. What is the, mm-hmm. What's your secret? Mm-hmm. Like the level I mean, of salt in that thing is just insane. make it bechamel. Yeah, so easy. But what about the condensed milk part? Like, oh, that I've never used, so I can't speak to that. That seems sort of interesting But it makes to me. sense. It totally makes sense to me, but I've never done it, so is I don't Is it know. evaporated milk, or is it condensed? Condensed. Like, there's, like, I've only had sweetened condensed milk. Yeah, sweetened condensed is evaporated is different. Than, well, I think, yeah. na- I mean, condensed milk naturally becomes somewhat sweet when you condense it, right? Like, when you, like, reduce down cream or something and, like, it caramelizes, it sort of gets some natural sweetness? A little bit, but not to the degree. I mean, you you make dolce de leche out of those cans. You just, like, drop that in water and, like, you're done. So, Mm -hmm. like, that has to be sugar added. But, yeah, Yeah. there's probably an intrinsic sweetness from reducing. I mean, you have to, fuck, I can't imagine how much dairy you have to reduce to get that much sugar, though. And there's no way they're reducing a bunch because those things are pretty cheap. Oh, yeah. Away. Yeah. It's cheaper than regular milk. Yeah. That's something. Well, I, I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been swimming around in the world of condensing creams and, and things like that, and I think it has a fun flavor going on. Yeah. I like it. So I don't know about the cream of onion soup in the Mac. That seems a little wild, and I don't think you should be putting a cream of anything soup into anything. Yep. I mean, I used to make green bean casserole with, with like the cream of mushroom soup. Not and worth it's like, at all. Yeah, it's just... Well, you haven't done that in a long time. Though. Whatever the Campbell's people are putting in there is probably not going to be the best for you. <laughs> yeah, so just make your own bash. Um, last question from Gabriel. If you were on death row, what is your last meal? The classic food question. I'm going to hit the boys' room while you guys do that answer. Korean food. Nice. 
I would say like I don't know kimchi stew or maybe the ribs from Hamji Park or something. But it would be like Korean. It would be Korean or dumplings. I think would be like my favorite last meal. I think mine would be Filipino longanisa and rice, man. Garlic fried rice and longanisa and a fried egg. That's it. No lumpia. No lumpia. This what? Like, no, I mean, this is my... I just feel like lumpia is, is maybe the Cadillac of all egg roll fry. In the world of that, I feel like really good Filipino lumpia is the best version of that. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. But, and you can eat so many. They're so tiny. There's so much surface area of crispy wonton. And the amount of dipping you can do <laughs> yeah. is amazing. What? Okay, so that makes sense. That like Filipino background. Yeah, I like, mean, it's just going. In. I what if you can't draw on something from your childhood? What if it has to be something like recently? Yeah. Then Shaolong Bao dumplings, man. See that? That makes. Then that's, that's like that's tied with Korean food. For I am because I am from the San Gabriel Valley. Like that is yeah. comfort food to me as well. So it's like one of those two things: longanisa or shalongbao. Yeah, I'm so mm. with you on soup dumplings. Why don't yeah. I have both? Longanisa soup dumplings. Ooh, interesante. For me, I'm gonna go a full Italian meal where you gotta get the bread basket with the olive oil. You gotta get a nice Caesar, a spaghetti meatball. That's it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Simple. Yeah, but it has to be all of that. Calamari fritte. <laughs> calamari fritte. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Where's I, my lemon wedge, bitch? I'm about to die. The calamari is <laughs> does, I mean, I wasn't... But, but really, like, my, like a properly done, cold, nice cold Caesar salad, that's one of my fave things of all time. Yeah. And I think I, when I say Korean, like a Korean meal, I just feel like my death row has like, like 38 types of banchan. Yeah. There's just like there's just an endless wave of like small pickled and fermented vegetables and I'm just like, yeah, I'm still eating. You should that should be your your food business, Death Row Banchan, and you guys make like hundreds of different kinds of banchan. Now that Suge Knight's locked up, I'm safe to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can't come at me. Is he, yeah, I guess yeah. Death He's, Row. He'll be banchan. fine for a while. Come to death row, motherfucker. Okay. It's just a guy, like the that outline of a guy on an electric chair, but he's just like holding two kimchi pots. Ooh. Ah. Oh. I dig it. That's okay. Dope. Don't take the domain, listeners. Yeah. Um, next question from Fave Fan, Too Fat for LA. Foods that go well in cold rice bowls, parentheses, packed lunch. You guys consistently put out fire pods. Thank you, my man. Cold rice bowl. Mm. Cold rice bowl? I'm going to say, I mean, I, I eat a lot of rice bowls. Tamago. Hmm? Like the tamago, like the Japanese eggs. Mm. Mm. I think that's perfect. Tamago is a great idea. Yeah. Uh, for me, I always really like a little bit of pickled cucumber. Mm. Definitely. I like the acid, but maybe I like the crunch. Little, I like a little Korean flavor on that. Yeah, I mean, I like fucking love I like Korean. Cur- God damn it! <laughs> I just like cucumber in any like cold rice bowls. Period. I mean, maybe that's Taiwanese thing or I like a little like, can tuna in there. Um, I'm gonna say <laughs> add a little garbanzo that for a fun. That'll be a, that'll sit well for a cold rice bowl. But the, definitely a cucumber, definitely a tamago. Um, one final option. It's not gonna be avocado. That's gonna turn bad. Maybe some uh, steamed sweet potato cubes. That sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Butternut squash. 
We're coming on the season. Definitely not butternut squash. What? Next question. <laughs> M.M. Donahue. Savory toast. Discuss. I fucking love savory yeah, toast. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, Way better than sweet toast. I feel yeah. like people don't... I, I, don't, I don't think savory toast needs to be a thing anymore because I think savory is starting to outweigh the sweet toast. I think sweet I think toast... I so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I eat, I eat toast all the time. Constantly. Must and, be and nice. <laughs> you, you and I have both a large stockpile of Bub and Grandma's bread in our freezer. Yes. Mine's dwindling. I mine is almost done. As well. Andy, mine's dwindling. <laughs> yeah, Andy more. came and did this podcast what like a month or two ago, and I'm and and I just slowly work my way through a loaf of bread. <laughs> just like it's just always there. And then I'm on this I'm on this loaf right now that I sliced open to do a little toasty, and there's figs all in it. Mm. Did you get to the fig one? Mm-mm. I didn't even know. So I'm so yeah I made like a tuna sand tuna. Tuna toasty with a fig bread, oh baby! So yeah. I would I would say savory toast delicious, and it's starting yeah. to make me wonder: is it better to have two small pieces of bread in a sandwich, or one thick daddy as a toasty? I like the one thick daddy. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. I'm glad we have clean audio of that. Yeah, that I'll use out of yeah, context. We'll yes, make please. As a soundboard. Um, yeah, I think open face piece of toast. It, well, I don't know. I mean, it's like. You can't have like a Langer's number nineteen, like mm. open face. No, mm. but but smoked whitefish but belongs sm- on an open absolutely. Mm. So I think I think there's a lot of things that I prefer that come traditionally as two pieces of bread in a sandwich that I prefer open faced. But there's a place for two slices. Yeah. Mm. Come on, you're not gonna get anything from Mario's open face dog. You're not gonna get like a That's Italian true. combo open face sandwich. Unless you're a monster and you should be killed. That's true. And then what? at what point does a savory toast just become a crostini? You know what I mean? Oh, God, the room is spinning. <laughs> all right, this is the time on our podcast where we talk about the best thing that we ate all week. Yeah. And I guess I'll go first. It was a, it was a double. It's a double because um, last Thursday I had some empanadas from Mama's Empanadas, I think. Um. Let me look it up. Yeah, it's called Mama's Empanadas. I think. I don't. I don't even know where they are. Actually, um, it was just. It was one of the best things I've ever eaten in my entire life. It was just a regular like beef empanada, real crunchy. It just. It looked like a. Oh like wow! An, an egg roll Ooh, or something like that. That does not look like an empanada that is I've that had. Is that fried or is that baked? Super fried. Hell yeah! Like really, really, really crunchy. Where's it from? But like, where are they? It's like a food cart thingy. Oh. Where? I think it's all it ch- all over the oh, place. Oh, it moves. Yeah, it moves. Where did you have it? At one four three. They brought. Oh, they brought. Okay. They set up nice. outside the club, and the guy was like, "Hey, I have like, do you want some empanadas?" And I was like, "Okay." And then I ate one, and then he came back ten minutes later, and he's like, "Do you want another one?" And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and then by the end of the night, I ate three empanadas in the club. They looked big. They were not small. Yeah, they were not small. So like. And I, I, the thought of eating three empanadas in from like one a.m. to two a.m. while you're DJing is like a pretty ridiculous. And I I literally could not stop eating them. Like I had no power over it. It was interesting. But then the next you were powerless. I was powerless to the to the nyada. But the other thing was I I tried uh, Sonora Town over the weekend. 
Cheater. Mm. We were trying to save that for... I don't even... Okay, it's fine. <laughs> Stupid. I was already downtown. There's... Just don't. Just, just say what you ate. <laughs> it was very good. Yeah. So they, um, Sonora Town, it's downtown LA. Eighth in Los Angeles. Little tiny spot. My brother's telling me... They, the owners went to Sonora, Mexico. Went to a place that they really liked. And convinced the guy who lived there to move to Los Angeles and make the food. And I don't know if that's true or if my brother's making that up, but I don't know why he would lie about that. But they make their own flour tortillas, and there are those flour... Have you been there? No. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Holy shit, it's so good. And they, the, the tortillas, they're like those flour ones that are really gummy, and they grill them, so then like some parts of it are translucent almost, and you can see like the carne asada inside of it. Um, and I had like a carne asada taco, just fantastic, and then a chorizo kind of like a rolled up quesadilla half burrito thing with like a big fat ass poblano chili in there as well mm. and we have really good agua frescas it's really cheap just like a little window counter tiny restaurant highly recommended i know we've been meeting together forever but i was riding my bike home from downtown and it was just right don't. there hmm? just don't what i'm glad you enjoyed it what was the best thing you had all, all week andre i'm still debating what i'm going to tell you now oh <laughs> <laughs> um I didn't eat out that much this week, but I found a recipe that i kind of been looking for forever, a simple recipe for Mexican rice. Mm. And I, I never really got the consistency down of the texture of the rice that I really wanted. And I was doing some research, and I found toasting the rice for 20 minutes is what did it perfectly for me. 20 yeah. So toasting or like sautéing? To- well, same. I mean, I, if you toast rice, you're doing the same thing with a little bit of oil. But yeah, right. so but it's, it's, bit- it's not a dry toasting like you would like nuts or something like that. It becomes that. No, you start with a little bit of olive oil, but you don't see any. I mean, you're using mm-hmm. maybe a tablespoon, so not right. a lot for two cups of rice. And you do, and you do you toast the rice straight up, or yep. is, do you cook? You don't cook garlic and onion down, and then nope. put the rice in. No, no, no. no. Not at all. Oh, shit. Exact Interesting. And I've never toasted rice that long, and it um, it's incredible. And then you bake it. So it also made me think Damn. of tadik and, and Persian rice. It's so different in preparation, but also just that idea of baking rice, I think, just doesn't come naturally to me and I think to most people. What's the vessel that you used? Just, uh, just a good Dutch iron. oven? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so you're toast, you start by toasting the rice for like 20 minutes on medium, and it's going to get really dark, and you're going to think that it's, I mean, not black, but very golden. You're going to think like, oh, shit, this is too much. Really? I just did it letter to the letter of what it was recommended, and then you use a puree of jalapeno, tomato, onion, and garlic, like pureed, like in a Vitamix. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're using some, a couple cups of that. Couple Looks like cups, a damn gazpacho. A couple cups of stock. And then you just bake it for 30 minutes, and it came out perfect. No way. Yeah. Delicious. Do you have any in the fridge? Mm-hmm. Oh. But what is hap- it old and cold? Well, what's, what's crazy is that it, it really, like, <laughs> any texture of any of the vegetable added, one, it's a puree, but also you'd think there'd be something kind of left over, some remnants. You don't see or taste any of it. It's just straight it's up perfect, rice. beautiful red rice. Oh, and a tablespoon of tomato paste. Um, Damn. And salt and pepper. And... The how separated the grains of rice is is perfect, and the mm. texture was perfect. And I I don't know. So that 
is going to be, I'm really excited to figure that out, one, because I love Mexican rice, but that technique can, I, there's nothing that can't be applied to toasting than baking and seeing what happens. So the next time I make Hainan chicken, that's how I'm going to do the rice, which is totally different than how I've done it before. We'll Note see what to happens. self, remember to do exactly what you just said because it sounds good <laughs> as hell. And yeah. then when I, and then I feel like when you make the rice like that and you have a cold rice bowl, you don't even need to add any other bullshit to it. It's already right there. There you go. Put on some cold pintos. Mm. What's the best thing you had all week, Kailan? I also have a double for myself. Good. Um, I was just in Atlanta very You're recently. Wooden. And I went to this place uh, like 45 minutes outside of Atlanta called Heirloom Barbecue. Mm-hmm. And it is a husband and wife team. The wife is Korean and the husband is a dude from the South. You listening on and, Yes, I am very interested. Dude, the, the barbecue that they were making was Fucking delicious! Mm. It was like there was like some Korean spices that we used. There were some dishes they had like uh, kimchi, green tomatoes. Mm. They had uh, like the beef rib Ooh. that they had was insanely delicious. Mm. It was just fatty and tender and so good. And was uh, it thick like a Texas style beef rib kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Like probably way, way better uh, than Trudy's underground barbecue, like, uh, right? The way uh, no. Adam Perry Lang does his, like the huge fat rib. Uh huh. And it was fucking amazing. Damn. Um, so Atlanta ATL Heirloom Barbecue. It was really good. Tell him Kylon sent you. It's a true story. Sends his love. Yeah. Um, kimchi green tomatoes sounds like a very smart idea. And it was delicious. It was like, especially with, there's never. I like, I, I can tell how much you like it because you're, even though you're talking into a microphone where all these people are listening to it, you're still whispering as if you want to like, keep it a secret it's to yourself. Just so it's so good. So good. <laughs> I mean, there's also very rarely do you have barbecue restaurants that have components of acid with the food. And right. So really the, rare. The kimchi. Unless it's like pickles on a yeah, plate. Yeah. But the kimchi and the green tomatoes just made perfect sense with everything that they were making. They had like, Korean por- barbecue pork too, and I was like, "This is okay. this place is fucked up." Not to derail the train, but what what wine do you like with barbecue? Lambrusco, mm. all the way. Mm, we had Lambrusco smart at uh, Elemento mm-hmm. last month, and it was like it was a nice reminder. I think it's easy to forget about it, yeah. and it also doesn't hit a lot of wine lists. A lot of times, there's won't be a single one on it. I mean, uh, Lambrusco my, had a big summer like three years ago. Yeah. We all remember. In oh, my yeah. when I used to work at Best, I used to. The amount of Lambrusco, we just sell one glass a night, and then it would not last the next day of the bottle. Right, of course. So, I mean, it's just... Then would somebody have to drink the rest of it? Yes. <laughs> or it would just get dumped the next day, Aww. which is like one of the saddest no. things in the world. The old bestia dump. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me so sad. What's the second best thing you had all week? Um, so, uh, I just got... When I got back, I worked the whole week, mm-hmm. um, and so I had some... I hope you treated yourself for a week well... Week, week, work week well I did. done. I did. Um, we had I, at work. We had a bowl of uh, eggs in Nona sauce, which is chef's chef Ari Colander, his uh, play on shashuka. So it's like mm. the two perfectly sous vide eggs on top of like this uh, beautiful bed of uh, little tutti frutti tomatoes and sauce, mm-hmm. um, and then a bed of arugula and a huge piece of toast. And yeah. it's like one of the most comforting dishes I've ever had in my mm. life. And I get to eat it all the time, which is great. <laughs> that sounds like such a nice not-kill-you meal, but yeah. also you're kind of like, you can... You what can, happens when those tooties go out of season? I don't know. <laughs> you use nice canned ones. You can as much as you can before season ends, and then uh, those take on a little bit of a different profile. It's true. Canturis. 
Canned tomatoes are just as good. True. They're different, but like it's incredible how well they survive. Agreed. Yeah. Shout outs to canning. All my canning heads. Uh, thank you so much for doing this, Tony C. Of course. This Where fun. can people can TC. follow? Where can, can we people... call you TC from now on? TC? Totally. I don't think so. No. no. What's your Instagram? At Anthony Kalen or Kailan. Sorry for saying Kailan instead of Kalen. No, it's either one. I've been called both my entire life. It does not matter to me. Okay, good. Yeah. Kailan's great. Yeah. Kailan, Kailan, and Kailan. Yeah. Anthony Kalen. He has a great Instagram with cool food and even cooler wine. You can follow me at them jeans. <laughs> Andre Kanaparo <laughs> has no social media because he, for a multitude of reasons that we all know. Sure. Um, shout out to all of our listeners giving a shout out to last week's episode of Fried Rice Wars. It was a podcast that will go down in history. Him and Zach <laughs> Brooks had a war about fried rice color for about 20 minutes, and it wow. was a pleasure to be a part of. That sounds amazing. You can go to thestewpodcast.com and check out all the old episodes, and my other podcast is called Tall Tales. Thank you for doing this. No problem. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.